The Joe Mays and J-Rap Show is brought to you in part by Mays Sandwich Shop, serving delicious hometown favorites to the West Lawn community since 1947. are listening to the Joe Mays and j Rap Show, bringing you the latest news and commentary on baseball. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, stuck him out! The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball! Hockey. College football. But now Blackman is going to put it up on first down. He's going for the bundle. Garrity! Touchdown! And the NFL. The Denver Broncos are world champions. They have just won Super Bowl 50. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the 210th episode of the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting with me tonight is no one, because everyone has rejected me. No one wanted to be here. No, that's not true. I didn't really get to ask too many people. Uh, Justin is on vacation at the moment and is unavailable to be on the show. He did say that he would try to get his picks in, because we are finally talking about the NFL and we are starting our preview, I should say I am starting our preview tonight, or this afternoon, with the West Divisions. But Justin, not available to be here, and I had asked my father, Bill, who's been on the program multiple times and is a regular contributor uh, via phone and and email and text. He's always usually listening. He was going to be on the show tonight, but unfortunately he got a little bit sick, so he couldn't make it here, and then I was going to have... Uh, my daughter, Natalie, I thought that would be fun. She's only three and a half, but um, probably picking based on mascots or colors or something. But it would have been a little bit of a, a curveball on the the show, which we haven't had for a couple months now. Uh, actually, way back, I think, on May 14th or so was our last show, episode 209. Uh, and it was not planned that way. That was a, It was my fault, but it can't exactly fault me for it because I had a little bit of a medical emergency and a long-term health issue that I'm still dealing with. I was diagnosed eventually with autoimmune hemolytic anemia, which I am still battling, uh, but I'm healthy enough that I'm back at work full-time and doing a, a little bit here and there for the Wilson West Middle School football team. This I'm entering my eighth year as a coach for them. Um, not back to 100%, I'd say. It's tough to say. I mean, Probably 70-80% I guess, but I don't have the energy to really do much physical activity outside of uh, working and doing the radio show and, and hanging out with my family. But I definitely wanted to get this NFL preview started as Justin and I will be doing it a little bit different this year than we have at least last year where we dedicate an entire show to each individual division. Unfortunately, because of timing... And us working on our other show, The Bulldog Hour, which you can find at www.bulldoghour.com. We are going to have to do two divisions at a time. So tonight, 
I'm going to do the NFC and AFC West divisions to kick off our 2016 NFL preview. If you would like to contact the show, there's many ways to do that. And one of the best ways to do that is via uh, email. And you can contact us via email at the Maze Sandwich Shop inbox, which is Joe Mays and JRAF at gmail.com. So J O E M A Y S A N D J R A F F at gmail.com. And that's the Maze Sandwich Shop email inbox. You can also call, call us on the Maze Sandwich Shop hotline. And that number is 530-563-6297. And a variety of other ways, social media-wise, Facebook, Twitter, you can find the Joe Mays and JRAF show on both those platforms. You can also look for JMNJR Radio. You can look for our other shows, The Bulldog Hour and Tangents with Friends as well. Just look at us up in their favorite place. Send us an email, and you can even leave us a voicemail. All that information is found at the contact section of jmnjrradio.com. So I think all the house cleaning was taken care of. Again, no Justin tonight. Fill-ins weren't able to join us. So I am here to talk about the 2016 NFL season, starting with the NFC and AFC West. And it's a good day to start with our NFL preview because, as Adam Schefter noted earlier today, it is July 24th, besides it being <clears throat> co-host Justin Raffoff's birthday, so happy birthday, J. Raff. Enjoy your vacation and your birthday. It's the first day that any of the NFL teams have players at camp. Now, they're all rookies. Some teams usually choose to have them appear at camp a few days before the veterans and four teams started today, two of them which we'll talk about tonight being the Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders. And the other two familiar teams to the show are the Philadelphia Eagles and New England Patriots. So today, July 24th, all four of those teams have officially started training camp. Now, just the rookies in a few days, probably three or four days, maybe even a week. Everyone else will be joining them. But we'll see that a lot this week, this upcoming week is when the NFL training camps really get into uh, high gear. So, we're going to start with the NFC West here. It's an interesting division. It had been what, a very weak one probably about five years ago. It was actually kind of the laughing stock of the entire NFL. Things have changed, though, uh, since pretty much within a year or two of Pete Carroll arriving in Seattle. The West has gotten a lot stronger. The Arizona Cardinals have really stepped it up. Bruce Arians has done wonders out there. And kind of, once again, the Cardinals quarterback having a resurrected career. We saw it with Kurt Warner. Now we're seeing it with Carson Palmer. Cardinals very strong. Uh, the Rams, now the Los Angeles Rams out of St. Louis. That's a change in 2016. And uh, the 49ers as well. They they were up uh, very high with under Harbaugh. Have taken steps back now. Um last year and already changed coaches again. They welcome in Chip Kelly. Seahawks, incredibly talented team, still a lot there, despite the re retirement of Marshawn Lynch. So we're going to look at those four teams. I'm going to let you know what I think about them. Hopefully next week when I record, possibly with a guest, I'll go over what Justin believed was going to happen in the NFC West. And... Where should we start? Should we start at the bottom or start at the top? 
It's always a question that I have. I guess let's start at the bottom. Who do I think is going to be the worst team in the NFC West? Good question. I would say, I think, I, I think I'm going to have to go with the Los Angeles Rams. The the move, so much turmoil, and we know at professional athletes don't like when their schedule and their routine is changed. Moving states can't help with that, even though it's been done already, and it's not something that'll really linger into the regular season. I'm just afraid that all this upheaval is really going to affect what the Rams are able to do. And, and let's face it. Now, I know they have a new quarterback that they drafted as high as you can in Jared Goff, but how well is he going to perform as a rookie? I just don't see him, even if he, if he gets the starting job, I guess I should say, um, because they have a whole bunch of question marks uh, at the quarterback position, that's why they got Goff. But if he doesn't start from day one, what do they really have? Does anyone have confidence that they're going to be able to perform at a high level with what they got? I mean, who knows what's going on with Nick Foles? They've already said that he won't be the starting quarterback, or that it's unlikely that he'll be the starting quarterback. Does golf play at all this year? It, it's it's tough to say. I mean, if if it goes the way that I'm thinking it's going to go, he probably does. I'm guessing by the middle of the season is when we'll probably see him. You got to expect when you take someone number one overall, you expect them to compete right away. And while I don't expect them to start straight out, and I don't know if even if I was a coach or in some kind of administrative position. I don't think I'd push for that. You got to give these guys time to learn. A lot of times, these college offenses aren't anything like they see in the NFL. Same thing goes for the defensive. College defenses are drastically different than what the NFL trots out there. So, expecting Goff to do much from the start is probably out of the question. I just they didn't add all that much in free agency. Nothing of note, really. I mean, they added first-round bust Quentin Cobles, um, released defensive tackle Dominic Easley, and uh, they lost a fair amount, especially on the defensive side. Uh, now, uh, offensively, tight end Jared Cook went to the Packers, but they also lost defensive end Chris Long, defensive tackle Nick Fairley, uh, linebacker James Laronitis, cornerback Jim Norris Jenkins, and safety Rodney McLeod. So that defense, which was supposed to be the backbone of their squad last season and for the last few years, took a lot of hits. Now they still have Aaron Donald, and that'll that'll say a lot. But um, they're going to have to rely on Todd Gurley, and can he withstand another uh, big year, just two years removed from his torn ACL? Um, we'll find out, I guess. But I just I think the Rams are taking a step back. They were seven and nine last year. I think you're looking at probably somewhere like three to five wins. Um, so I'll, I'll go with four and twelve. And last place in the NFC West are the the brand spanking new Los Angeles Rams. Now coming up next, I'm going to go with Chip Kelly's new team, the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're looking at uh, a bit of a rebound. They were what five and eleven last season. 
So I think they're probably they're probably due for a little bit of a jump up. Usually you see new coaching staffs, proper ones at least, see a bump up in their first year just because schemes are changing, teams have to adjust. Now Chip Kelly's been around the NFL, so teams know exactly what he runs for his time three years with the Eagles. But in his first year with the Eagles, he took a team that had won, what, I mean, it was less than 500 the year before. The Eagles had won, like, somewhere like four to six games, and he got them to win 10. Um, last year, the 49ers won five. I think he could get the 49ers to six or seven. Again, the question marks at quarterback, is it going to be Gabbard or is it going to be Kaepernick? We're not so sure. Uh, experts out there think that Gabbard actually probably can run his system better. People thought that he Kaepernick would be a great one, and there were rumors that the Eagles wanted him before. Now Chip Kelly has him, but who knows if they're going to use him. The 49ers added an offensive line piece, and they got some early draft picks. The One of the favorites is the defensive lineman DeForest Buckner, who actually was recruited by Chip Kelly at Oregon. But they lost Reggie Bush, Alex, or excuse me, Anquan Bolden, and the offensive lineman Alex Boone. I just, I don't see a huge improvement in terms of personnel, but like I said, a lot of times when a new schemes are brought in, things are overhauled. It's usually good for a bump up in wins, uh, depending on the type of, of coach and the type of scheme he brings in, giving him the benefit of the doubt. I could see the 49ers repeating what they did last year, 5-11. and 11. I think I'm going to go one better and say 6-10. and 10. So we'll have the Rams at 4-12, and 12, the 49ers at 6-10, and 10, which means the top two spots are reserved for the same two teams that, they, that were there last year. It's tough for me to to determine who I want. Where I mean, the Seahawks went ten and six, and the Cardinals went fourteen and two. But on the field, I think they're a lot more evenly matched. Can the forty nine, or excuse me, can the Cardinals duplicate the success that they had last season? Honestly, I think they take a step back. I just at some point Carson Palmer is going to hit the wall, and things are going to change for them. They. They lost um, offensive lineman Bobby Massey, offensive lineman Jonathan Cooper, offensive lineman Lyle Senline, and then on the defensive side, Corey Redding, Gerard Powers, and Rashad Johnson. You know, maybe you say, well, the offensive line wasn't great. They relied on the passing game. That's true, but they still got to replace those guys, which is always a difficult task on the offensive line. Now, they did... um, they did add Evan Mathis, who is one of the best players um, in Philadelphia for a number of years. He won a Super Bowl ring with Denver last year. They also brought in T- Chandler Jones from the Patriots, great defensive addition, as well as Tyvon Branch, who's an underrated player from the Raiders. I just think, can David Johnson do, you know, run his magic like he did at the end of last season? Is that going to be a consistent performer? As we talk about it, you know, a 16-game season plus the playoffs. I think teams are going to start learning what Bruce Arians does. Bruce Arians is a hell of a coach, and I don't want to dismiss that. But I'm just not 100% certain that they can duplicate their success. I definitely don't see them going 14-2. and uh, I see them taking a step back for sure. Uh, they've kind of relied on defense, and their offense was able to get, get enough done. Um, but Tyron Matthew is kind of who they relied on, and... You know, he's been hurt a number of times, and who knows if he'll be completely healthy throughout the season. Um, 
So I honestly, I think I'm going to put the Cardinals in second and have them drop back a little bit. Um, you know, 14 and two, I see them more as probably a, an 11 and five team. So I, I, I like the Cardinals. I obviously think that they're a playoff contender at 11 and five. You almost guarantee them probably a wild card spot. We're not going to get into the playoffs right now, other than the division champions, but Cardinals definitely a team to watch. I think they're going to be very good this year. Not quite as good as last year. And I don't think they're going to be good enough to win the division. So obviously with one team left, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. They went 10 and six a year ago. I see them being better, maybe, maybe a game or two. But you know, if the Cardinals drop back to eleven and five, a game or two with a tiebreaker gives the Seahawks the division once again. So um, I think I will go that way. I think I'll say eleven and five, but I think the Seahawks get the tiebreaker. I don't know if it's going to be head to head if the Seahawks take both games, or if it's going to be their divisional record. Maybe they they win all their games against the Rams and Forty ers whereas the Cardinals slip up against them. And they get the tiebreaker that way. But I think the Seahawks also probably an 11-5 team. One win better than last year. Yes, that's even without Marshawn Lynch, Russell Okung, J.R. Sweezy, Brandon Meebane, and Bruce Irvin. Um, I've been a hater and a doubter on the Seahawks for a number of years. I'm just not a team I like. I still don't really like Pete Carroll. But I can't deny what he's been able to do. And I, I don't want to say that I've been a, a hater of Russell Wilson because I like Russell Wilson. I was a doubter, though. But he's really just proven that he is a he's a legitimate NFL quarterback and he's an incredible one uh, he's definitely proven me wrong in that aspect and I just saw a recent article and statistics about how uh, I think when he was given the time in the pocket he was the best quarterback in the NFL last season so you know I'm a statistics guy and when you show me that you know I'm a believer after the last few years so I think the Seahawks despite losing some key players I think they're gonna find a proper balance and able to withstand the attack of the Cardinals in the NFC West. Now they were able to add a couple pieces. Uh, Jermaine Ifedi, an offensive lineman, a great one, someone I was very high on in the draft this year. Same thing with Jaron Reed, the defensive tackle. Uh, free agency wise, they added two offensive linemen in Soul and Webb. They also brought back Chris Clements and added a Patriots cast off in Saliga along the defensive line. You know, nothing overwhelming. And the guys that they lost to retirement and free agency, they're the bigger names in Lynch, Okun, and Irvin for sure. But the way the Seahawks have been made, the swagger and confidence that they have, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Thomas Rolls. You know, didn't miss a beat filling in for Marshawn Lynch last year, and I know he got injured, but if he can stay healthy, and that's always a big if, I think uh, the Seahawks are set up to rebound a little bit, go even farther in the playoffs, though last year they should have lost in the first round. The Vikings never should have lost that game, but that's what happens when you rely on a kicker to win the game and you don't do it on offense. But I digress in that fashion, just like Johnny Grasso. So the Seahawks are my pick to win the NFC West at 11 and 5 with the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. So, AFC West. So we have the Chargers, the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Broncos. The Chiefs were an interesting team last year. I'm not I'm not going in order this year. I just want to point out the Chiefs were such an interesting team last year. I think they started the season 1-5 and five and then won their last 10 games. They were able to win the first round of the playoffs against the Texans before going to New England and just being outclassed. But they're, they're, they're definitely an interesting squad. 
Another interesting squad that resides in this division, one that started training camp today with their rookies, is the Raiders. If any of you watched the show that my dad and I did, I think back in March, so about four, four and a half months ago, we did a very early NFL preview, and the Raiders were a team that we said to look out for. Then you have the reigning Super Bowl champions in the Denver Broncos, but they have a lot of interesting issues going on. What They finally got Von Miller under contract and signed long-term, so that drama can end, but the other drama surrounding the quarterback position, and it's tough to be high on a team when you've got quarterback questions. Not too many teams are able to overcome that. And then last year's team, or last year's last place team in the AFC West, the Chargers, at 4-12. and And I think we need to start there, because I just don't know, based on the other talent that's in the division, I just don't know that the Chargers have what it takes to do all that much better uh, in 2016. I, I think they were four and twelve. I'm not. I wasn't a big fan of their draft. I'm not a Joey Bosa fan, so taking him at number three, I thought was a bit of a stretch. Um, their, their draft is just underwhelming, and I think I picked them as one of my my losers. So that doesn't help things. Uh, they added Travis Benjamin, Matt Slauson, Brandon McBain from the Seahawks, Casey Hayward, and Dwight Lowry. None of those. I don't know how big of an upgrade are they really. They lost Donald Brown, Ladarius Green, Johnny Troutman, Kendall Reyes, Donald Butler, Cavell Connor, Patrick Robinson, and the big one, Eric Weddle. He was a team leader. He's now gone. He's in Baltimore. So when you look at you know additions and subtractions, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they won in any fashion. Now, they went 4-12 and last year, which is pretty bad. Like I said, they picked third in the draft, so you know they weren't a quality team. But for some reason, I'm thinking that they will bounce back a little bit. I don't think their four wins uh, bad, but it's just it's hard to be excited for them. Melvin Gordon really needs to start doing something. People thought he was going to have a big year and he didn't. I mean, you're getting to the end of Philip Rivers' time in the NFL, not just with San Diego, but the NFL in general. So, it's just you know, he's 36. At some point you really got to you got to start winning for him. His career is coming to an end. I know a lot of people aren't a huge fan of him. I'm, I've been higher on him than many, including um, Mr. J-Raff. Uh, but whew, they were 4-12. and 12. I just I don't think they're that bad. I think they had some close games last year that they probably should have won. Maybe a year later they'll be worse and, you know, they'll go 1-15 and 15 or 2-14. and 14, But I, I think they'll change some of that around. They are probably a candidate to lose their, their head coach as another year similar to last year just isn't going to get it done. And... Um, they'll probably be looking for a new head coach. Uh, McCoy will probably be showing the door. So I'm going to say they get a little better and go 6-10, and 10, but I still think that's last place in the AFC West. So San Diego Chargers fourth place in the AFC West for 2016. Now the next one may surprise you, but um, as I'm looking through some of these other previews and doing research for the show, uh, some people agree with me, some people don't. People think that, you know, defense does win championships, but sometimes they can't do everything in the regular season. If you don't get the playoffs, you can't win the championship. And I, I'm i just, I'm not a huge fan in the Broncos repeating um, as Super Bowl champs. And I just, I, I'm not even sure they're going to get there. I actually have them finishing third 
in the AFC West in 2016. Losing Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler was just devastating. Um, they also lost um, Ronnie Hillman, their reserve running back, um, both tight ends and Davis and Daniels. Uh, the whole entire offensive line was you know, destroyed. Clady, Harris, Mathis, and Vasquez all leaving. And then defensively, they lost Malik Jackson, Danny Trevathan, and David Bruton. Now, the biggest one was probably Jackson. He had a coming out party in the Super Bowl, and he signed a huge deal with the Jaguars. Uh, but Trevathan was an interesting one. He was definitely one of those underpaid guys that, that you know needed to be shown the money, and, and he did in free agency, and now he's gone. The Broncos are definitely going to have to rely on their defense for sure, um, but I don't know that they have. I don't know they can duplicate success from 2015. I just think that you know that was a, a one-time thing. A lot of people point to the Seahawks, who I think have led the had led the uh, NFL in de- being the top defense three or four years in a row, maybe even four or five. I just don't know that that Denver can do that. I know people were talking about that Denver defense being maybe the greatest of all time. I think that's a little hyperbolic, but. You know, you're always going to have people talking about that when you see something great in front of you. So the Broncos were 12 and four last year. I think I have them dropping down to probably about 500. I think they go eight and eight. Who's going to be their quarterback? Is it going to be Sanchez? I, I doubt it's going to be the rookie Paxton Lynch. Um, so who knows what'll happen there? I mean, we we know who Sanchez is, and we've seen Sanchez, but you know exactly what they think they're going to accomplish with him. Now, the defense, maybe the defense is, you know, a given four to six, four to six wins. Well, you still got to find them offensively in some other capacity or have incredible special teams. And I just don't know that the Broncos are going to be able to do it. They've got an incredible group of receivers to help Sanchez or whoever is the quarterback. Um, but their offensive line took a hit. Their defensive line took a hit in free agency. Um, they got a great defensive backfield, but Aqib Talib, who knows what's going to happen with him? At one time, he, he, you know, he got shot in the off season. He's been suspended before. He's bounced around to different teams. Who knows if he'll be a stalwart in Denver again this year? So I just, I'm not high on the Broncos. I think they're definitely going to take a step back after going 12 and four and winning the Super Bowl. I think they go eight and eight and miss the playoffs. So we've seen that happen before. That shouldn't be a shock. Teams go to the Super Bowl. And don't make it to the playoffs the next year all the time. You know, there's that stat out there that almost every season in the last like 10 or 15 years, we've seen 50% turnover in the playoff teams. Now, I went pretty much chalk in the NFC West, where I had both the Seahawks and probably the Cardinals making the playoffs. They both made it last year as well. Got to have changes somewhere. So I'm going with the Broncos as maybe my first surprise, and them dropping to 8 and 8 and third in the NFC West. So. Who's going to be second? I'm going to stick with what I said in March, or at least alluded to in March. Maybe I didn't outright pick it, but I'm going to go for it this time. So my second place team is actually going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. So we all know what that means. The Chiefs were 11-5 and last year. I think they're about a... I don't think they're actually, I don't think they're quite an 11 win team. So I'm going to say they're probably more 9 and 7, 10 and 6 this year. Um, you know, they lost their backup quarterback, Chase Daniel, to the Eagles. They also lost uh, three offensive linemen in Donald Stevenson, Jeff Allen, and Ben Grubbs. Um, quarterback Sean Smith, who was one of the best a few years ago, former Dolphin. I wish he would have played that way in Miami. Um, he's gone, and Tyvon Branch, who, excuse me, he had come over from the Raiders to the Chiefs. Now he's gone. Uh, 
they added Mitchell Schwartz, Stevie Brown, and Jimmy Wilson, and also Chris Jones was their first draft pick, although Kaveri Russell, the cornerback from Notre Dame who was injured and would have gone higher, was a great pick by them. I just, I guess at some point, and you know, this is maybe me speaking out of both sides of my mouth, which, you know, hey, guilty, sometimes it happens, but I have confidence in Alex Smith. He's a little bit younger than Philip Rivers, but Alex Smith also coming down to the end of his time. He's been a he's been a great addition for uh, Andy Reid in Kansas City. I don't know that they can duplicate the success of winning ten in a row and finishing eleven and five, uh, just behind the Broncos in that division. I think they finish second in the division again. I think they're challenging for a wild card spot, though. At nine and seven, it's an issue. Ten and six sometimes can't be guaranteed. I don't think they get to eleven wins, so I'll I'll, I'll stick with uh, ten wins, ten and six. Will Jamal Charles be able to recover from his ACL injury? I know reports are good on him, but you know you kind of hear that coach speak all the time. Now, Charkandrick West uh, and um, Ware also were good fill-ins for him, um, but it, it re- relies on Alex Smith keeping the defenses honest and being able to get something done uh, in the passing game. Defensively, they were also very good, and that was mostly because of their... Uh, they're outside linebackers. They just had a great, great pair of linebackers in Tom Lee and Justin Houston. Houston was banged up a little bit, though, so that's a big cause of concern. Derek Johnson, also inside guy, getting up there in age. Eric Berry's back, but again, franchise tag. He's there for this year alone. Um, so we'll see if the defense is able to duplicate their success, similar to the Seahawks. And the Cardinals had done recently, although the Cardinals, I expect, to drop off a little bit. And same thing goes with their rivals, the Broncos. Again, I think the Broncos are going to defensively going to drop off a bit, and the Chiefs could suffer from that as well. So there's a, there's a lot of age on the KC defense, and that's where it gives me a bit of a pause. I still think they're going to be better than Broncos, which sounds kind of crazy talking about it again and saying it out loud just because of the way the Broncos played last year, but... I think because of quarterback play and reliability of the ground game, I give Casey offense the edge over the Denver offense. The defenses, I know it sounds crazy. I think it's close close to a push with Denver getting the nod. They didn't lose enough for them to drop, but I think there are more questions in Denver than people like to let on. So I think Kansas City is probably one or two games better than Denver this year. Denver 8-8, eight and eight, Kansas City at 9 or 10 wins. And second place in the AFC West. Which means, that's right, I'm going to say it. Someone else said it recently in one of the mainstream sports sections. But I'm going to go with it right here. And I'm going to say one of my bold picks for the season is the Oakland Raiders making it to the playoffs for the first time since the 2002 season 14 years ago the silver and black i believe are going to be able to go 11 and 5 which is four games better than last year they were 7 and 9 they added a great offensive lineman Kalichi Osamili they added um Bruce Irvin from the Seahawks Sean Smith um, hurting the Ch- rival Chiefs in the process. Uh, brought in Reggie Nelson as well, who's no- known the playoffs with the Bengals recently. They also drafted a safety in Carl Joseph, and they were able to add uh, tween rusher Shalik Calhoun from Michigan State. And they, I just don't think they lost a ton. You know, Justin Tuck retired. They lost Curtis Lofton, whose better years were, hiding, uh, were in front of him, or excuse me, were behind him. 
Um, the biggest one is probably Charles Woodson and his leadership. What a great year. It's too bad he didn't stick it out another season because I think the Raiders have really built a, a nice young team there and could surprise this year. Now, maybe I'm a year early on them, but you got to be, you got to take some challenge, you got to face some challenges and take some risks. And I think the Raiders are going to jump up and get to a 10 or 11 wins good enough to at least tie and or earn the number one seed in the AFC West and be a contender for the first time in a long time, in over a decade. Derek Carr, I think, is still developing, but looks good. He uh, made major strides this past season. Um, I think he had a touchdown to interception ratio of 32 to 13. And he had a very productive season with some young wide receivers. Uh, Cleo Mack is one of the better defenders in the entire NFL, and he's just going to keep getting better. Uh, and their special teams are always strong uh, with speed at the returning position and Sebastian Janikowski, obviously. Now, they do have questions at running back. You, you don't know, really know what you're going to get there. We'll see if uh, they can find a guy that can both stay healthy and produce. Um, but they may have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And I think I just saw an NFL offensive line report in 2016 preview, and the Raiders had were ranked as the second-best offensive line in the league. So they're going to be able to protect Derek Carr. They have the receivers, while underrated about tight end and wide receiver, they're good enough for Derek Carr to find, to find them in the open field. They get a guy at running back. Uh, they're going to have a deceptively good offense, and their defense is just getting better with Khalil Mack, a star. So that's where I see it in the West. So, I just, uh, I don't know, should I, should I give this a try? I was thinking of maybe calling Justin. Let's see if he answers, you know, why not? It's our show, he's not here. Why don't I give it a, give it a try and see if, uh, see if he'll answer. So, while we're waiting to see if, if J-Raf answers, we'll recap, uh, the NFC West again was, Your call has been for oh, well, that's unfortunate. So, J Raf didn't answer, but we'll recap here. The NFL picks that I just went over. NFC West, I had the LA Rams at the bottom, followed by the San Francisco 49ers. Second place I gave to the Cardinals, with the, the division champs being the Seahawks. So new division champ in the West of the NFC. AFC West, I have the, oh my, uh, the Chargers, followed in third place by the Broncos, the Super Bowl champion Broncos. Second place was the Kansas City Chiefs, same as last year. And first place, maybe a bit of a surprise to some, the Oakland Raiders. All right, so unfortunately we couldn't raise Justin and my dad nor Natalie were able to join me this evening. So you got me solo. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll cover both of those teams. And let's see, next week I will be back, hopefully joined by a guest. I asked my dad to do it, so if he's feeling better, he'll be here, and we're going to talk about the South Division. So we're going to do NFC South and AFC South. Then Justin will return a week later, 
and we're going to talk about the AFC and NFC North divisions. We won't be doing the East or our Super Bowl predictions until just a few days before the NFL season kicks off. So we'll have three weeks of NFL action here on the Joe Mays and JRF show, and then we'll finish that in early September. August will be filled with a whole bunch of travel and fantasy drafts and the Bulldog Hour. So you get three weeks of the Joe Mays and JRF show, then almost a month off before we conclude the NFL preview right before the 2016 season starts. Boy, am I ready. I'm just ready for football. And uh, it's coming, like I mentioned today. Four teams, rookies in training camp as we speak. So, for everyone at JMNJR Radio... I'm Joe Mays. I hope you enjoyed episode 210. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and JRAF show. Tune in every Sunday for the latest sports discussions from Joe and Justin. Each episode is available live on Ustream or Mixler and can be downloaded or streamed on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can interact with Joe and Justin on Facebook and Twitter. And stay up to date with the guys at JoeMaysAndJRAF.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. For more info, visit jmnjrradio.com.